Sally Lucas, our travel expert, our travel guide. She has got plenty of places covered today, Sally. A couple of uh, locations, kind of polar opposites in all kind of a well, way. Well, they certainly are. One here, which is Tassie, and uh, we haven't talked about Hawaii for a while. I guess it's in the news with the volcano erupting for the first time since 1984, but it's not causing any problems at the moment as far as tourism is concerned. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Although that'd be one hell of a video, wouldn't it? If you flew over it or not too close to it, actually, because um, that mightn't be good for the aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> that too. All right, that's where we're heading today, talking travel with Sally Lucas, who has decided to head south to the Apple Isle. Sally, plenty of to talk about today in Tasmania. There is, and I'm always amazed at how much I can find to talk about in such a small state. It mm. just has so much to offer. And You do the ACT before Christmas then, <laughs> I challenge you. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, so this is a town called Sheffield, and it's called the Town of Quirky Cultural Festivals. And this year it was one of the winners of Tassie's Top Tourism Towns Award. It's about a half an hour drive of Southport. Of Southport. Well, it's a bit of a trip. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> De- I don't know why I said Southport. <laughs> Devonport. But it's sort of the gateway to Cradle Mountain. And it it's, was once an industrial town like the English city it's named after. But again, it's reinvented itself like a lot of places have. And especially with murals, it's famous for its murals. And it's worldwide famous for its murals, believe it or not. And it's held annually over the uh, long week, their long weekend in March, which I'm not sure what date it is for next year, but obviously you could find that. But they also have there for nearly 30 years, they've also got a steam fest, which of course we have here in, in Maitland as well, which is always good, and lots of other activities that happen. But the mural fest, it's really interesting. So apparently um, the first mural mural that was painted was called Stillness and Warmth and it was painted in 1986 and since then more than 130 murals have been added to the collection which highlights their history and stories of pioneering families and all that sort of thing, community leaders, farmers and you know the beauty of this part of Tasmania. So I think it would be lovely to go down there and do that. I remember going through it. We didn't spend a lot of time there but obviously if you want to go down and take part in, in one of the festivals it would be a lovely time to go and experience this as well. All the murals remain on display until the following mural fest. So you, you can see them any time, even if you're not there for the actual fest. They'll be left on display till the following year. So they have all sorts of interesting things. They have street art competitions. They have painting murals by helicopters and unicycles and all sorts of interesting things. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. They've also got a medieval festival where they do... The Wasn't full, expecting that. No, the full <laughs> armoured combat of the Sheffield Medieval Festival. So that happens as well. So that will be happening again. It hasn't happened, of course, with COVID for a while. But the next event is going to be for 2023, uh, and that's going to be on the 12th of March from 11 till 4. Um, no, sorry, that's not... that. The Taste of Tasmania is from uh, 11 till 4 on the 12th of March. The Medieval Festival, they haven't actually given the exact date yet. Uh, the planning for the event is underway, and final dates will be posted over the coming months as when that will be. So we'll keep you posted on that. So... So that would be really fascinating to see the Knights Templar of Tasmania you know, getting together and having combat. But yes, the Taste of the Northwest, it is a showcase of Tasmania's um, Northwest region's finest food and beverages, of course. I mean, Tassie, we know, is famous for some of the most gorgeous produce and beautiful cool climate wines. And, mm. you know, you're never going to 
go short of a good meal or a lovely glass of wine when you go to Tassie. I, I can definitely assure you of that. And that'll be held in one of their beautiful picturesque parks, the King George V Park, which has got a beautiful mountain behind it as, as a backdrop. It's just a gorgeous setting. Um, so that you've got that that you can do as well, which, as I said, is on the 12th of March. They've got lots of lovely eateries and places you can go to while you're there, art galleries, country stores, a honey farm shop, all sorts of, you know, lovely things. But the other good thing, it's also only a short drive to the Mole Creek Caves, which are, again, on your way to Cradle Mountain, and they are just beautiful, absolutely stunning caves. One of them had been closed, but I believe it's open again now, the Maracoopa Cave, and they've also got the King Solomon's Cave. Um, one of them, the King Solomon is suitable for all age groups and levels of fitness. It's got incredible formations and oh, the, the chambers with the stalactites and mites. It's, it's really beautiful, beautiful caves if you haven't done that part of Tassie before. Um, the caves tours are available just about every day except Christmas Day So and they run usually from about 9 till 3 and you can book up to 14 days ahead if you want to. So the Maracoopa, they do the underground rivers and glowworms. They've got glowworms there as oh, well. That's cool. Yeah, that's always fun Oh yeah. see. Yep. Additionally, and then they've got the great cathedral where they often have people sing if they've got a voice or something. We've got the most beautiful acoustics. So it's a, an interesting part of Tassie to visit if you've not done that and go down to Cradle Mountain. Because a lot of people will sort of go down to Hobart and go up the long windy way up through Queenstown and on that, that way, of course, into Cradle Mountain. But if you do it the other way, you're going to come through this lovely rolling countryside, beautiful caves, lovely waterfalls. Um, it's, it's really a delightful drive to, to do it in that direction if you have not done it so yeah and so much of of Tasmania is still somewhat untouched as well so oh yeah, yeah. And, i mean know. the national parks yeah. that you can visit are stunning i mean you can do anything from the hardest of hard walks you know in, in the national parks that can take up to a week to lovely you know more if you like easy walks um or easy er walks if you wanted to do like for example the east coast where you've got the, the beautiful bay of fires walk where you're walking along beaches as well as some little you know cliff tops and you, you you're camping or glamping along the way. I mean, that's a beautiful one to do. Um, there's another three-day, the Three Capes Walk. It's just a three-day walk that you can do out of Hobart, which is a delightful smaller walk. Um, but yes, there's, there's just so many great walks and things you can do in Tassie. And every time I go, I'm never disappointed. And y yes, you can be four seasons in one day and it can get cold, but, you know, you dress accordingly and it, it, it's fine. You know, it's it's fine for all seasons, depending on what your preference is. But um, And they have lots of festivals down there like even you know the winter festival to, to celebrate winter in Hobart called MOFA and opposed to Mona which is the museum of old and new art but it's it's really interesting they have quirky things down there that you can do I think I think it's the state of quirky actually and if if you don't like the season they're in right now just wait a couple of hours yours won't be too far away <laughs> exactly right exactly right exactly right so yeah if you haven't thought of including Sheffield in your itinerary but yeah some of the murals are quite spectacular um, and big like huge and and they've also got some like carved wood as well when you go down there as well so it's really is a quite spectacular visit and even just near there when you come out of Devonport if you're coming on, on the vessel there's a little waterfall area called Liffey L-I-F-F-E-Y Liffey Falls and some of the prettiest waterfalls cascading you'll see in this rain foresty vegetation like it was raining the day we did it but it didn't matter because the waterfalls were really flowing just had my raincoat my umbrella and you know some sensible shoes and, and you're fine
fine. And when you're walking in that sort of misty rain in the rainforest, it's ethereal and it's beautiful and you get some wonderful photos. Mm, it's an experience, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, so long as you're prepared, you're okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, there's a little bit of Tasmania. We'll do something a little bit different as we continue with Talking Travel. Uh, over to Hawaii next with Sally Lucas on 2NURFM. She's recovered from the four seasons in one day aspect of Tasmania. <laughs> Sally, now it's, what are we, summer all year long over in Hawaii? Virtually, Mark. Yeah, you're, you're, pretty you're, much. You sort of must have read my mind. You're heading down that path. So, you know, you think of winter anywhere and you think of cold, dark, stormy days, getting up, rugged up by a fireplace or whatever, but not in Hawaii because it's a wonderful time of year to go there. From November to April is sort of like their winter season and the temperature rarely drops below 23 degrees, but it's generally up in the mid to high 20s, so it's not too hot. It's it's perfect travelling time, you know, when you want to travel, when you don't want to go on the absolute heat, you know, where you mm. might get your storms and get your hot days in July, August, whatever. So I'm just saying, like, go there at that time of the year. The other reason why I think you should go there at that time of year, particularly if you're into surfing, it's when all your big surf rolls in. Mm. So if you want to go to Pipeline or, you know, one of the other islands, Maui, where they have all that, which they're having at the moment, of course, you know, I've got Morgan Siblick over there doing well and so on. So, yeah, if you're interested in, in surfing, the perfect time to just be wonderful. I have never... I must admit myself been there. I was there once in January or February, but I was there on a, a trip for work and we weren't there for long enough to sort of extend and, you know what I mean, do, do the... Yeah, um, there for a quick conference and a quick, off again. And off again. But look, yeah, and the other thing to do, uh, winter is the, the wet season in Hawaii as well. Um, like Western Australia, funnily enough, they get all their rain in the wet and hardly any in the summer. So you get spectacular waterfalls. So you can be a waterfall chaser. You know, all the islands, because a lot of them are quite mountainous, you've got waterfalls just about everywhere. And, I mean, the islands are all different because they've all been volcanic at different times in their geological periods, you know. So whether it's, for example, Oahu, your main island, which is Honolulu, and, of course, where Diamond, the di- the old Diamond um, National Park and that where the cemetery is now from World War II, that, that's that's a caldera or a crater of which, which was once a volcano, but there's nothing active on Oahu anymore. Um, at the moment, of course, we know that Mauna Loa is, is doing a bit of a spit in a bubble on the big island mm-hmm. of Hawaii and hasn't done that since 1984, though the other volcano on there, Kilauea, has more recently been active, not that long ago. Um, You've got the islands of Kauai, Maui, and they're both beautiful islands in their own right. And what you've got on Maui, it's known as the Garden Isle because it's lush, etc., etc. It doesn't have any active volcanoes. Kauai, it's got the Waimea Canyon. Now, no one thinks they're going to see like the equivalent of a miniature Grand Canyon in Hawaii. So this is why the islands are so different. Would not have picked that. No. no. And you go up to the top and it's quite cool. You know, so because it's a high altitude of that island and then you've got this magnificent canyon. So all the islands, because they have been volcanic at different times in their life, they're all different and it's wonderful to go there and not just do Honolulu. Try and do at least a couple of the islands, you know. Um, the best way is to hire a car, is to get around. Uh, though on the main island of Oahu, they have this bus that just goes around the island. You get a bus pass and do a hop-on, hop-off. And then you might say, okay, I might hire a car later. Now I know what there is, then I oh, know where I cool want to go. That's a pretty cool way to do it, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, when you go to the outer islands, a lot of the airports, because they're so hilly, you know, whether like a lot of places in the world, you, your, air, your airport might be a, a way out of where you're staying or the central accommodation. So by the time you have to pay for a transfer or a taxi, it's usually cheaper just to hire a car. 
and then you've got it at your disposal. You pick it up at the airport, you've got it to get around the island and you drop it back at the end. Um, so, yes, as we said, waterfalls. The other thing to do is do a, some of the helicopter or even a fixed-wing flight over the islands. They're quite spectacular from the air. So that's another option while mm-hmm. you're sightseeing there. Even on the main island of Oahu, they've got the most wonderful museum and, and the palaces of the previous rulers of, of the kings of Kamahimahu. I never know how to pronounce his name properly, so I'm sorry, people from Hawaii. Um, that, but there's And there's also lots of things you can do, like in, in winter, there's lots of hiking at different all different diversity, all different levels of fitness that you can do and do some hiking adventures if you want to as well. And also don't forget you've got whale watching there. It's famous for its whale watching as well at that time of the year. So you can do some wonderful whale watching there. And they make their way into the warmer waters from Alaska. So they come down there because of the nutrients and that to get all the nutrients before they go back again. So you've got that to experience also. So there's just so much to see and do when you get there. Um, Obviously you could take some even surf lessons if you wanted to they offer that at Waikiki you can do surfboard lessons and also they've got this wonderful of the islands you don't have a lot of light you know what I'm saying so mm. you, again you've got that wonderful night lit sky where they do some astrological tours at night time so you can experience the night sky so there's lots to see and do it's only about a 10 hour flight it's not too bad when you think about it no, in the whole it, scheme of things it's still on the verge of okay uh, by the time yes. it's, it's, by the time you're sort of at that 8 or 9 to be thinking well thank goodness it's not that 14 and a half hours to get to, get to, to the, the mainland yeah I agree with you there too um, yeah so Hawaii if you've never done it in the winter months it is a lovely time to go. Um, mm. Lots to see and do. You know, weather temperature is just perfect, I think, at that time of the year. Um, so add it to your bucket list maybe for next year or ne- not now, of course, it's too late for this year, mm. but for certainly for next year. And just before I go, Mark, I just want to mention now that Japan's reopened again, just to remind people we can now do individual travel. Like for a while there it was you know, only certain recommended mm. tour companies, etc., which is great because their rail passes are absolutely magnificent to get around. You've got those wonderful Shinkansen and the very fast trains. They've just put on two n- more new ones that are just exceptional. Um, so if you want to go around on your own and not, you know, do a tour, you can get 7, 14 or 21-day um, rail passes, either first or second class. Um, you've just got to use them within three months of when you've had them issued. And, yeah, they're available for purchase here in Australia before you go. All right, a little bit more of talking travel on the way. Sally, you've done uh, Tasmania, done Japan there briefly, <laughs> and <laughs> Aloha from Hawaii as well. The hot deals, we'll get into some of those next at 2NURFM. Who knows? I, I never know where you're going to end up in this segment. I know. So it's just a bit of a wheel of fortune free-for-all, it really. Is. I like to keep you on the edge, Mark. That's it. Now, this is a European's Northern Isles, including airfare, right? So it's a 17-night itinerary. You've got to book by the 13th of December to take advantage of this reduced rate package. So it's return air with Singapore Airlines into Amsterdam. You're getting three nights, four-star accommodation in Amsterdam with breakfast, some sightseeing, and then you join a 14-night cruise on the uh, Rotterdam, and you're sailing from there up into Norway, which is beautiful. And then you're doing a partial uh, circumnavigation of Iceland, including Reykjavik and some wonderful areas in in Iceland that are just stunning. And then you come down into the top of Scotland as well. So you're going into one of the isles off the top of Scotland and then continue on then from there um, to Inverness or Invergordon, which is the port for Inverness, South Queen's Ferry, which is the port for Edinburgh. Then you end up back in Amsterdam again. What a lovely itinerary. 
itinerary. Yeah, that's, that sounds really cool, that Doing one. Doing all that northern area. So you're starting on that one with a, an inside cabin starts from a touch over 7,000 and an outside cabin from a touch under 8. So you're getting 14 nights, of course, on your cruises or meals. You're getting three nights in Amsterdam with breakfast, so there's not much to put your hand in the pocket mm. for. Your return airs included. And, of course, also you have an exclusive package saving as a bonus on this of a be- uh, beverage package, shore excursion, specialty dining and Wi-Fi. So you're really not putting your hand in your pocket for much at all. So I think that's mm-hmm. really good value for money. Now, as I said, you've got a book by the 31st of December, and it's for the 27th, 22nd rather of August um, next year. Okay, so that's August next year. Now, I know a lot of people love this time of year too. It's England, which they haven't sort of had for a while, to do the ch- the um, cherry blossoms, I was about to say. It starts with ch- <laughs> Chelsea fl- the Chelsea Flower Show. Show. As you can imagine, that was what I was going to say, Mark. And there's two lovely itineraries here, eastbound and a westbound tour, that including that, but you're also going to Royal Tunbridge Wells, visiting some castles. You're going to Windsor, the Savile Garden there, the Chelsea Flower Show. There's eight-day itinerary in either direction um, going to do that in next year, which I think is a beautiful time to go and see that wonderful, wonderful um, Chelsea Flower Show. I mean, we've won the awards there a couple of times ourselves for the Australian actual um, um, version, our version of the garden. I think the Queen even loved our version. So just keep that in mind. That's a lovely eight-day itinerary with lots of inclusions in it that runs next year, and it's from around about $4,500. And going somewhere entirely different, this is a South Africa discovery. South Africa, again, is a beautiful country. It's very similar to Australia in lots of ways because if you know, if you have a look where it is, latitude, longitude, we've got similar climate, same seasons, etc., etc. And, of course, everyone does and want to And both like cricket. And both play cricket. Exactly right. Ah, oh, exactly right. What else? What else could you want? Um, so it's it's a, it's a fully escorted tour. It's twelve days in April next year. Put your own airfare with this. This is a land only package. But you're starting in Johannesburg, of course, and then you're going up to Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. And Victoria Falls, if they're really pumping, they are just magnificent, mm. absolutely magnificent. You do a guided walking tour of the falls as well. And of course, it is one of the seven natural wonders of the world. You can do also, which I did when I was there, you can do a flight over the falls early in the morning sometimes is a good time or later in the afternoon when the animals come down to drink and to see all that from the air is quite spectacular on the Zambezi River. Uh, Cape Town, well, Cape Town, you know, it's just such a stunning city, um, really is. And, of course, Table Mountain is iconic. Everyone recognises Table Mountain. So you've got time there. And then you also go on to a private game reserve, the Karongway Private Game Reserve, which is in the Kruger region, and you're staying at a wonderful safari camp there for quite a few days, so that's that's lovely as well. And you're having a lot of drives there, of course, to see all the animals, etc. So keep that in mind. That's April next year. Um, that's great. And also just thought I'd mention that closer to home, um, the Lindblad Expedition, who has the uh, smaller ship expedition cruising, you can save 25% at the moment on selected 2020 three departures on a range of them through Polynesia, uh, New Zealand, Micronesia, etc. Um, and you've got up till the 28th of February even to, that gives you a long lead in time, which is good. And also there's a lot of them have continued some of those Black Friday, you know, specials we were having. Still lingering around. Some huh? of them are lingering around. Um, Princess Cruises, 30, up to get up to 30% off plus up to $300 on board spending money. They've got that now. They've pushed that through to the 15th of December that that's 
still available because most of them were finishing either today or tomorrow. But that one now goes through to the 15th of December. So look, there's quite a lot out there, Mark, that's still available and there's some good um, early bird uh, rates available there for 2024 and into 2025 if you're planning ahead as well. So the world is your oyster. Look, it really is selling lots of uh, great stuff. We have covered uh, a lot of places today. So as always, thank you for another very insightful Talking Travel. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.